Thanks for joining us today at City Life. We believe today's message will empower you and point you towards Jesus. But remember that church is so much more than a message you listen to. It's a living, breathing community that we invite you to be a part of. We hope to see you on a Sunday morning at City Life, in person or online. It is Palm Sunday and online. I don't know if you saw that, but they just kind of came in and interrupted the service in a wonderful way. It was so good. I grew up in a church tradition. I am so thankful for my Catholic upbringing. And man, when it came to this week, Easter week, Passion week, whatever you referred to it, oh man, Palm Sunday was the best Sunday. Do you know why? Because you got crafts. Anybody else go to church where they gave out palm branches? Oh, we got the real deal. And we would sit because at, you know, when your little mass is quite boring. And we would sit and we would make, we would take the little, it was like a little, it was a real palm frond. And we would like weave it back and forth, like make these little basket things. It was kind of crazy. And, but it was like, oh man, there's something to do. And then if you didn't weave it, you could hit your brother or sister over it. That was the best part. Palm Sunday. Let's read Matthew 21. When they neared Jerusalem, having arrived at Bethphage on Mount Olives, Jesus sent two disciples with these instructions. Go over to the village across from you. You'll find a donkey tethered there, her colt with her. <laughs> Untie her and bring them to me. If anyone asks what you're doing, just say the master needs them and he will send them with you. I just think Jesus is hilarious. So, you know, I just need your donkey. Just tell him the master, like, who the heck is the master? They must have known. This is the full story of what was sketched earlier by the prophet. Actually, the prophet Zechariah. Tell Zion's daughter, look, your king's on his way, poised and ready, mounted on a donkey, on a colt, full of a pack animal. This is a prophecy hundreds of years before Jesus arrived on the scene, prophesying Israel's king was coming. The disciples went and did exactly what Jesus told them to do. They led the donkey and colt out, laid some of their clothes on them, and Jesus got on. He mounted them. Nearly all the people in the crowd threw their garments down on the road, giving him a royal welcome. Others cut branches from the trees and threw them down as a welcome mat. Crowds went, at, crowds went ahead and crowds followed, all of them calling out, Hosanna to David's son. Blessed is he who comes in God's name. Hosanna in the highest heaven. As he made his entrance into Jerusalem, the whole city was shaken, unnerved. People were asking, what's going on here? Who is this? And the parade answered, this is the prophet Jesus, the one from Nazareth in Galilee. Welcome to Palm Sunday. <laughs> what a bizarre story. And if you've been with us over the last couple of weeks, we've been on this series called Broken Kings. And today we're wrapping up with... A broken king that might be a more unexpected broken king. Jesus, the broken king. Now, if you are, you know, 
familiar with Easter, familiar with the Easter story, or you're one of those church kids who went to Sunday school or whatever, you know, you're, oh, Jesus, the broken king. You know, you might think of, you know, the Lord's Supper, the last supper on Thursday night where he had this Passover supper with his best and closest friends. And, and he was giving, he took some bread, he broke it, and he said, take this as my body, eat it, for it's been broken for you. This is my body given to you. Or you might actually, you know, you hear Jesus, the broken king. Maybe you think about, you know, Jesus on the cross, his body broken for our sin. But today I want to look at a different aspect of broken Jesus, the broken king. And I actually think it might be a dynamic of Easter, of this whole week that it actually might connect with us, and it might connect with you. Even if you're not a Jew Jesus follower, it might connect with you in ways that none of the other aspects of Jesus have actually connected with you. But before we get into that, we need to back up, because we need to look at what was actually going on in this story, this whole thing, because it's a bit of a, it's a bit of, you know, in the, in the middle of all this, it's kind of a weird thing. Like, just, I mean, if you've got church background in you, you might need to work a little bit harder to just kind of put away all the filters and all the religious stuff that, oh, I know what this is about. And try to put yourself in the place of the people who were in the city of Jerusalem, and all of a sudden, there is this weird thing that's happening in your city where everybody is, and you're just like, what the heck was that? It was as much of an interruption as what our kids interrupted, and some of you were, you know, as interruption. But it was, there was a divine interruption that led to a big disappointment that led to something inconceivable. See, this is what was going on. We've got Jesus, you know, it's, just, it's weird because we got this grown man sitting on a donkey colt. Like, that's just kind of strange. Just get this picture. Like, not a big war horse. He's sitting on a tiny little donkey's colt, riding it. Like, just, there was this weird, I have, like, how many of you watched Bugs Bunny when you were a kid? There was this, I remember way back, there was this, I remember this one scene. It was like this great big, it might have been Yosemite Sam. I don't remember who it was. I remember it was a great big character on a tiny little donkey, and he's kind of trotting in there. And remember that scene? He's just kind of trotting in there. It's like, that's the picture I get in my head every time I read this. It's like Jesus on the colt. He's kind of trotting in there. It would not be regal by any means. A donkey colt is definitely not, here comes your king in this, you know, this big parade. We're talking trot not only that, people were throwing their coats down on the ground for the donkey to trot across. That's just weird. And then you have a whole bunch of people getting really excited and celebrating some guy like he's like an all-star and your team just won, you know, the Stanley Cup or whatever. It's just like, yeah, it's like, like there's a big party going on. It's like, what was going on? And see, what was going on was this. All of Jesus, his followers, all the disciples, the whole crowds that had been following him for a couple years now, everybody thought they'd finally figured out who Jesus was and what was going on. See, this was an answer to centuries of waiting. All of this, your king 
is coming. Look, your king is on his way, poised and ready, mounted on a donkey, on a colt, a pack animal. Hosanna to David's son. Blessed is he who comes in God's name. All of that, David's son, your king, all of that was code name for this one word, Messiah. And Messiah, in the Jewish thinking, the Messiah wasn't actually God. The Messiah was this guy, a really important person who was a little bit mysterious because there was some mystery around him in the Old Testament and there was some, you knew he was more than just a guy but you weren't quite sure, you know, because he had a couple different names but what you knew for sure was this, when the Messiah showed up, he was going to start a revolution. And oh, and that's what, so when they heard, when they were shouting, David's son, Hosanna, they all had thought, Jesus is that guy. The revolution is going to start. Oh boy, bad guys, you better get ready because when the Messiah shows up, he's going to free us from all the oppressors. He's going to take back the kingship. And guess what? Now we're going to be in charge. We get to be TikTok famous. We get to be the ones who are like everybody's looking at and going, oh, yeah. We're going to be the ones ruling. We're going to be the ones. There's going to be peace. The justice, oh, man, that hammered justice is going to start to come down hard on all the bad guys. God's blessing is going to flow. That's why they were so excited. It's just like, finally, except none of that plays out like they'd hoped. Because in a couple days, there, you know, instead of justice, there was going to be one mockery of a trial. Their leader is going to be killed, (laughs) dead, in a few hours, and then his body laid in a tomb. The revolution you were planning on fizzles before it starts because all the so-called revolutionaries after their leader is dead and in the grave, they're all hiding out, shaking, they're scared, they're fearful, they are in shock and trauma. These are not mighty heroes. (laughs) These are people, men and women, they were scared and they were wondering What in the world just happened? He was on the cross. That was shock. He's in the grave. What the heck? How could we have been so wrong? Like, how did we miss this? (laughs) Messiah, woohoo, party, and he is dead in the grave. There are Roman guards guarding his tomb. How could we have gotten this so wrong? Welcome to what I call Dark Saturday. Have you ever thought about that day in between Friday, the cross, and Sunday, resurrection? Like, what the heck was that? If you just just stop and think about it for a minute. Why? Like, when Jesus died, he had kind of, before he died, he'd made some hints about rising again, but none of them had any clue. They were all clueless. Do you know how I know? Look at this. This is after he had risen again. 
Matthew 28, sorry, media, this is not in there. Twenty-eight, sixteen, and 17. Jesus has risen. They have seen him in the flesh. Put fingers into those holes. Meanwhile, the 11 disciples were on their way to Galilee, headed for the mountain Jesus had set for their reunion. The moment they saw him, they worshipped him. Some held back, though, not sure about worship. They were with about risking themselves totally. And in one version, it says, some of them doubted. Here was Jesus risen from the dead. You got to put your fingers into his hand holes and his feet holes, into his side holes. And some of them still doubted. So this is like... I get, this. these guys on Saturday, they were not sitting around, okay, when's he going to rise from the dead? Come on. Oh, it's going to be so good. No, they were clueless. It was done. It was done, done, done. It couldn't get any dunner in their minds. It was done. He is dead, dark Saturday. Why? Like, you know, if it was God, it was just about the sin thing and the crossing. Like, why? It, it kind of almost seems cruel that God was so cruel to let his best friends, like, suffer like that. If God knew what he was doing, why couldn't he just do business on the cross, get it done with, be done for a couple hours, you know, and then, boom, the massive explosion and take care of all the bad guys. Like, why couldn't it just gone down like that? Why would God hold out in such a cruel way, letting them think that everything was done? See, we can relate maybe to Good Friday. We know, you kind of know the significance in that. The death of Jesus on the cross. He died for our sins. And we look at that cross. If you've ever had an understanding of what the cross really represents, it represents all of our failure, all of our sin, all of our weakness, all of our inability to truly live like human beings. It was all put on Jesus. He took all of the pain and the punishment. He paid the debt for our sin. He did all of that so that that wouldn't have to be for us or that wouldn't have to be us. And we get... Go Easter Sunday. Mike's going to preach on that next Sunday. But we get excited about that because Easter Sunday, resurrection, it's new beginnings, right? It's just like there is hope. It is a sign. He rose from the dead. We will too. But what about Dark Saturday? Why do we need Dark Saturday? <laughs> you know why I think we need Dark Saturday? It's because it wasn't just our sin that needed to be dealt with. The other thing that needed to be dealt with was all of our human expectations, our ideas, our ideals, our, our beliefs and our perceptions about who God is. All of those needed to be put in the grave and left there so that God could be God in his image and not ours. See, there's so many, there were so many things. I don't know about you, but it's so easy to have these ideas. What do you do when God doesn't come through for you? That's what Dark Saturday is really all about. 
How do you handle the disappointment of God not being who you thought he should be? How do you handle the disappointment of God not doing what you thought he would do or you thought he should do or even the Bible says he would do? How do you handle that? <laughs> Let's just talk about that. And if you haven't been there yet, hello, welcome to following Jesus. You will be there. <laughs> and if you are following Jesus any length of time, you know, sometimes we're scared to admit that, oh, the question to ask is, is there a version is there an image of God that we've been following that God put in the grave on Saturday, kept it there? Or maybe there's an image of God we stopped following, we canceled. You know, there's all sorts of, let me introduce you to a few of them that I have personally had to deal with. Maybe you can recognize some in your own life. How about this? Here's a few that I've followed in my own life. Bodyguard God. He's a God that always protects. Except when something bad happens to somebody good. That's a hard one. Isn't God supposed to protect us? I prayed that prayer, did Jesus keep me safe? And he didn't. God, I prayed that prayer, keep my kids safe. And he didn't. God, I prayed that prayer. You know, you can go searching, but as far as I've been able to find, there's not a single verse in the Bible Jesus said, I'll keep you safe. <laughs> you know, I love, if you're familiar with, how many of you read the Narnia series? The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. I love the one scene where Lucy, it's the first time she's experiencing, you know, she's hearing about Aslan, and, and the way they're describing Aslan is this lion, and he's kind of intimidating. She goes, oh my goodness, is he safe? And I think it was the beaver. The beaver said, safe? Oh no, he's not safe by any means, but he's good. See, the thing about following Jesus, the thing about the Christian faith is, the very foundation of it is that something really horrible happened to a really good person. <laughs> That's what our faith is founded on. And if we think we can get out from that, well, we're following bodyguard Jesus. Maybe, or here's another one that I followed. It's genie in a bottle, Jesus. Rub the bottle. God wants to, you know, and he will give me what I ask for in prayer because he wants to bless us and he wants to give us all those good things. And oh, genie God, you know, I'm not rubbing it right. How do I rub it? How to get the prayer right and so all those good things happen. Except when he doesn't give me all those good things. He doesn't answer every prayer. He doesn't give me what I want. Come on, how many of us think about it? How many of you in your teen years really wanted something? Only now, if you would have got it, your life would have been a mess. <laughs> I can think of so many things. This is like, oh my gosh. You know, or maybe it's boyfriend Jesus. You know, I should always just feel God's presence because he's so close. I should feel him. I know what, maybe as a kid or maybe as a new follower of Jesus, you did feel God's presence very real and very strong and very close. But then you stopped. And you're like, where'd he go? Well, maybe that wasn't real. Or there's so many others. There's therapist God. <laughs> God's supposed to, you know, help fix my problems. <laughs> Make me better. Or dictator God. That was a big one for me. Do it or else. <laughs> Do it or else. Except when you're still doing it right as best as you can and things still aren't working. That doesn't, what about that? See, there's all sorts of versions that we have. And this is what good, this is what dark Saturday, not good Saturday, well, it is a good Saturday, but this is what dark Saturday is about. 
Dark Saturday invites us to know God in one of the deepest ways of knowing him. Dark Saturday is that day where God invites us to follow him in one of the deepest ways of following him. Will we know him and will we follow him by what he doesn't do? Will we know him? Will we follow him? And will we trust him? Regardless of whether he shows up again. Like Job said, though he slay me, I'm still going to praise him. You know, and if you look at even some of the prayers of Paul and his, the way he understood what was going on, he knew and trusted in the resurrection. He knew and trusted and believed in this is what our whole history has been leading up to. It's about the cross. It's about the resurrection. God's kingdom has started here on earth. But there was also some elements in his prayers, especially Philippians 3. I just read this this morning in our online devotional. Online, you're reading with us. is so fun. But there is, you know, there was a verse in Philippians 3.10 where Paul, he said, my determined purpose is that I may know him, that I might know his power. I even want to know his sufferings. And I love in the Amplified Bible, it says, in the hope that if possible, I might also be able to experience a resurrection. In other words, Paul was willing to have this all in life. And God, I want to know you. I just want to know you. If it's possible, I'm kind of thinking the resurrection is what's going to happen. But maybe I got it wrong. If it's that's the way it is, whatever. I don't care. I am still all in with you, Jesus, if this life is all that there is. And you know what? I think that's kind of where God needs to get us to that place. Of God, I'm all in. God, I don't want to just know you in the image of God that I have. And the band, you guys can come on up. We're just gonna we're gonna end with some just some extra time, kind of doing something different today. But there's this thing that man, see, God is so loves us. He so loves you, and He is so committed to you and I that He was willing to take the chance of taking that extra in-between day because he wanted all of those fake small gods <laughs> to be left in the grave. Like, think about it. Do we actually want a God that we can understand, imagine, and tell him what to do, and he does it? <laughs> do we really want that small of a God? I don't. I want a God that's so much bigger that even when he doesn't answer my prayers, I know he's going to do something. I know he's working something that's beyond my imagination, that I can trust him. And see, this is where God was, what he was bringing not only his disciples to, and I really think this is what, what, what Dark Saturday is about and, and what it's even bringing us to is that will we know God as he truly is, as that king. See, he is not meant to be an addition to our life. He is meant to be the only true king. He is meant to be. He is Lord. He is the God that sacrificed everything for us. He's the God that gave everything for us. He's the God that went to the cross for us. He's the one and only true king who rose from the dead. He is not meant to be an addition or something we bring into us. He wants our full allegiance. 
But see, if we got all these other ideas, see, all those other gods, the bodyguard god, genie god, we might be fallen, but you know what? They can't provide. They can't protect. They can't take care of our heart like only Jesus can. He's the only one that can do that. And I know in a room this size and even watching online, whether you're watching and tuning in on Sunday or you're watching some other time, you know, especially I think during this past year, I am sure there is a lot of, God, what the heck? And maybe you're in the category of unfollowing God because of, man, I stopped feeling him. I think maybe that was just, you know, a thing when I was a kid. Or maybe I just... Why didn't he answer the prayers? Why does they got this good person, good person, good person? What's all that hell happening to them? I don't get it, God. That's not right. You know, media, can you throw that picture up there, the first one that I'd sent back there? We're going to go into singing this song. And You know, imagine that's a pile of salt, not other substance. It's salt. <laughs> Grains of salt. Imagine that pile of salt is everything there is to know about God. Okay? Imagine it's everything there is to know about God. I mean, it can't be contained in a pile of salt. Hello, but we're just for illustration purposes. Okay, go ahead and put up the next one. Suppose that line drawn, everything on the right-hand side of that line would be everything I think I know about God <laughs> on a good day. Maybe at the end of my, you know, 150-year-old life. <laughs> Do we honestly think that maybe there's some aspects about God on that other big side that I just don't know? That on my side just don't make sense. But for the true God, oh, he will blow your mind. Because see, if we are willing to let our smaller God stay in the grave, not just let God deal with our sin, but deal with our ideas and our deals of who we think he should be and leave those in the grave, then we receive the hope of Easter Sunday. You know, I really wanna pray and believe that God is gonna supernaturally bring freedom and a new hope to you. God, we pray. Even right now, God, I speak freedom. I speak freedom to hearts and minds. Father, from that weight of disappointment, even from that false comfort of the disappointment and all of the ideas we've constructed around those disappointing images of who you are. God, even where we've remade you in an image of who we think you should be. Father, we just, we thank you for your grace and your love that is so good. And God, I just speak freedom to hearts and lives today. Not for a minute we were forsaken. You're here in this place. You're here in this room. You're in that bedroom. You're in that living room. You're at that kitchen counter. You're at that island in the kitchen, wherever you're watching. You're in the bedroom. You're on your phone, on your lunch break. God is with you. Thank you, Jesus. God, we thank you. And just one more prayer, a prayer of saying yes to Jesus and following him. Following him into hope following him into new beginnings and following him into a life way beyond what we could imagine. Can we pray this prayer together? Just say, Jesus, thank you for all that you really are so far beyond my ideas and my ideals 
Jesus, I say yes to you, to following you. I surrender to you, to your way and your will. Thank you. Amen. Amen. Let's give God praise. Can we do that? God, thank you. We hope today's message encouraged you. If you want to take your next step in saying yes to Jesus, you can always contact us at cty.lc slash next step or fill out the next step section on the City Life app. It's an honor to play a small part in what God is doing in your life. We look forward to connecting with you soon.